0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. You've probably heard the phrase, forgive and forget. But forgiveness doesn't always mean we'll forget. In today's passage, Matthew 18, Jesus provides instruction as to what we are to do if another believer sins against us. When it comes to conflict resolution and forgiveness— The reality is most of us probably grew up with an unhealthy view of conflict and probably developed unhealthy approaches to dealing with it. And even if your family handled conflict well, you probably saw other people, be it on TV or at school, handle it poorly. One of my friends on staff here at Watermark said some of us grew up being taught to fake peace, pretend everything's okay when it's not, and some of us have grown up with the tendency to break peace having learned to deal with our issues by fighting, yelling, and maybe even cutting people out of our lives completely. In our culture, conflict is either something we avoid at all costs or it's an excuse to kick someone out of our lives. But God views conflict differently. Now, if you've been around Watermark for a while, you've heard this a million times, but hang with me because I bet God's got something for you as well. But if you haven't read Watermark's Conflict Field Guide, I'd suggest you check out the link in the episode description. Now in verse 15, Jesus begins his discourse about conflict resolution by encouraging the believer who's been hurt to go directly to the person who's hurt him. And just to be clear, Jesus is talking about conflict between two believers. Think about it kind of like this. Let's say you've got some spinach in your teeth and you spend half an hour talking to a friend with that spinach in your teeth, which of these two scenarios would you prefer? Option one, the friend never tells you you have food in your teeth. Instead, the second you leave, they text your other friends, leaving you out of the group text and talk about how embarrassing it is that you had food in your teeth. Or option two, they just tell you, hey, you've got some spinach in your teeth. My guess is all of us would prefer option two. Instead of pretending that conflict, or spinach in teeth in this case, doesn't exist, or talking about others behind their backs, a biblical response to conflict either chooses to overlook minor offenses or talks directly and graciously with the person whose offenses seem too serious to overlook. The reality is, if I'm walking around with spinach in my teeth or living in a way that doesn't say Jesus is Lord over my life, I want somebody to tell me. Jesus says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. And then he continues, because what if the two of you aren't able to resolve it? According to Matthew 18, When a conflict with another believer can't be resolved in private, we widen the circle. We increase the number of people who participate in the conversation by really asking other believers to help us settle the matter biblically. And if we still can't figure it out, we to bring in church leaders, invite them into the conversation. That's how the Bible says we should handle conflict. But if only it was actually that easy. We can follow those steps, but sometimes having a conflict resolution conversation and apologizing and asking for forgiveness doesn't erase the damage that's been done as our actions have consequences. What do we do when we know we need to forgive but can't forget? The phrase "forgive and forget" isn't actually in the Bible, but here's something to think about. In Hebrews 8:12, we read that God will forget our sins, as He says, "For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more." Yet, God knows everything and says in Romans 3:23, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." How do we reconcile these two ideas? The answer is in a classic Bible term, justification. That's Romans 8.1. Christ took the punishment we deserve, giving us what's called imputed righteousness. That's the righteousness of Christ placed on us. When God looks at believers, he doesn't see our sin. So in that sense, you, you could say it's been forgotten. But at the same time, Actions have consequences, and as believers, we will stand before God and be appropriately held accountable for our actions one day. But right now, we walk amongst people who look a whole lot less like God than we'd like to admit, and it's hard to forget, because actions have consequences, and those consequences make it hard, which is why we learn from our mistakes. Proverbs 22, three says the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. There's a difference between remembering and resentment. Forgiving and resenting says, I don't actually forgive you because I'm holding this against you. Resentment says, I know what you did, and I can't see you as God sees you. That's resentment. But on the other hand, forgiveness with remembrance says, I forgive you, and this experience is going to shape what it looks like for me to walk with wisdom moving forward. But I know that love keeps no record of wrongs, as 1 Corinthians 13.5 says. So I learned from this experience. It'll influence the choices I make moving forward, but it doesn't change the fact that you, just like me, are made in the image of God and are of the same value and worth to Him. The Bible does not call us to forgive and forget. It calls us to forgive despite wrongdoing and in light of the justification the gospel offers. In God's eyes, if you're a believer, He looks at you and He doesn't see your sin, but He still calls you to walk differently, to live a life that's honoring to Him. And I don't know if you have any outstanding conflict you need to resolve, but I do know God's called all of us to be ministers of reconciliation, and I'm so glad we're on this journey together.